Welcome to the Myth, Legend, and Lore podcast. Today, I am delighted to welcome back our good friend, Joshua Gillingham author of The Gatewatch, and the creator of a game that is the cause of quite a bit of excitement. All Thingy, a Viking game of strength and influence. Now Joshua and I had a great time catching up and talking about All Thingy. However, the first time we recorded, the connection wasn't the best. So here we go with round two. Hi Joshua, welcome back to the podcast. Hi Siobhan, thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be back. Gosh, not at all. It's just great to have you back. And I'm really excited um, for our discussion today. But 2020 has been a tough year. Um, A highlight for me, and so many other people, I think, was the release of The Gatewatch, which has been a huge success. But you've also been busy with a few other projects, All Thingy being one of them. And it's set in a really fascinating point in history. Can you tell us a little bit more about the theme and strategy behind the game? Yeah, so... When people think about Vikings, oftentimes they're thinking about these raiders and horned helmets who are terrorizing the coasts of England and France. Uh, In reality, so much was going on in the Viking world at this time. Now, um, the raids uh, and the uh, exploration into parts of mainland Europe were obviously a very important part of Viking history. Um, But one part that gets overlooked is this migration of Vikings to Iceland. And this was set in a really interesting historical context. Norway was just sort of becoming um, one single kingdom, uh, united under this sort of semi-mythical character of Harold Finehair, who unites um, um, lots of the different uh, chieftaincies, defeats some key figures, and ends up creating what we think of today as Norway. A lot of the Vikings were not happy living under a king, and so uh, this caused this sort of exodus to um, Iceland, which had been recently... Uh, discovered, some people think by accident, maybe a sailor who was blown off course, it was way out in the Atlantic Ocean. And the people who ended up fleeing Norway specifically to go to Iceland uh, to preserve their freedom, to preserve their way of life, um, just fascinate me. And so uh, I really tried to capture that with the game. There's a sort of uh, gritty defiance to the character art and to the um, the sketches of the maps, uh, even the treasures and the weapons. Uh, all these things kind of try to capture this uh, spirit of defiance. And the strategy um, of the game is to, to gain the most influence at the Althingi. Now, the Althingi was one of these unique things that was preserved by these Vikings going from Norway to uh, Iceland. As Norway continued its process of Christianization, this uh, practice of meeting, uh, uh, typically in um, Norway, they'd call it a thing, which was a gathering of uh, powerful and influential people. In Iceland, it was called the Althingi, and the Althingi was for people all over the island. They'd gather in this one place um, called Thingvellir. You can still go there today if you'd like, and there they would uh, barter, they'd trade, they'd feast, and most importantly, they'd settle legal disputes. And so this is the context of the game. You're a powerful chieftain at the Althingi, and you're trying to win um, the most influence by bribing Vikings to join your camp and strategically um, uh, uh, eliminating influence in other camps. Oh, it really is just such a brilliant idea for a game. And to know too that you are a fan of the sagas of the Icelanders, and I was wondering, were there any in particular that provided inspiration for the game or the characters themselves? Oh, for sure, for sure. In fact, every 
character in the game is uh, not a historical figure, but is sort of a nod to uh, a different one of my favorite, either um, Icelandic figures from the sagas or a character from Norse mythology, because in my mind, those are two uh, very um, sort of intertwined uh, themes and topics. Uh, one of the reasons we know so much about the Norse gods and the, the pantheon and their stories is because of the people who migrated to Iceland and preserved those stories, later writing them down, such as Snorri Sturluson, right? Who writes um, uh, these stories and is one of the one of the best sources, though not a perfect source, one of the best sources we have. So um, I'll mention one in particular, particularly Siobhan, because uh, I know on your podcast you've uh, featured her, and that is um, Out the Deep Minded, or as I learned through your series with uh, Johanna, um, Alf, which uh, I didn't realize that had been mistranslated so many times. Uh, I thought it was a, a D on the end, but it is actually um, the Icelandic Alf. So she is basically royalty from Scotland. Her husband is a, a Viking and is involved in some of the conflicts there. And things don't go well for her family. She flees from Scotland, uh, taking her loyal followers, taking some of the wealth that she's accrued. And she goes to Iceland, which is a risky move for anyone. But particularly, um, I think for a female leader, it's especially bold at this period in time to, um, you know, to have such a loyal following um, of warriors and uh, people who can um, work in terms of, uh, you know, household duties, but also, you know, farming. This is, we're really sort of discovering a new land. Uh, but she goes boldly and she features in many of the different sagas. Um, uh, she's often sort of referred to, she's kind of the epitome of uh, sort of wisdom and um, people go to her for counsel. Uh, people go to her in, in for help for legal disputes. And she's just one of those characters that really pops out. So one of the characters that uh, is in the game is Althusiris. And um, Althusiris, of course, is a nod to her. Goodness, I, I just applaud your choice of Earth as inspiration for a character. And, and adding the extra dimension of Osiris is utterly brilliant. And thank you so much from Johanna and myself as well for listening to Beat for Rule. Um, we're having a great time with the series and can't wait to get back on it. So one thing that immediately uh, caught my eye was the artwork. It's stunning. Um, looking at the level of detail, it's clear your team spent a lot of time on the design. Was that an important aspect that you wanted to get just right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And when I designed this game, uh, I really wanted to make sure that uh, the game stood out, that it's, I had a vision for its aesthetic and uh, I, I needed to get this right. I couldn't have, you know, this game set in historical Iceland with Vikings wearing helmets and, you know, um, you know, Vikings wearing so like sexy, sexy leather bikinis. That just just didn't happen. Iceland's a cold place. OK, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I was really lucky to be able to connect with an artist named Lana Shostova. And Lana Shostova is a Viking reenactor and an artist. Um, she's actually from Russia. And uh, we worked together um, to create this aesthetic. I kind of described my vision and we kind of went back and forth. And I am really happy with how the game turned out. And uh, everybody looks at the game so far and has got back to me says, you know, the artwork is so striking. It's it's a little bit bleak. It's a little bit gritty, but um, it does capture that aesthetic I was after. That sort of spirit of defiance, that uh, sort of love of freedom. Uh, you know, you're fighting against the political system by fleeing Norway. You're fighting against the elements in Iceland. Iceland's not an easy place to live. And uh, there are a lot of new challenges that come up with, uh, you know, this, this, this new colony. Um, there's a lot of chaos at the beginning. The all thing is sort of an attempt to bring some sort of law and order by preserving the old Norse laws. And uh, I, I really am happy with how Lada ended up uh, doing the art for the game. I'm just, I'm, every time I look at it, I'm so pleased. Definitely. I think the artwork has really caught the spirit of all thingy and it has such a unique look that I think fans are really going to love as well. And on the Kickstarter site, you've also got some brilliant upgrade items and stretch goals too. 
Yes, so um, we're running the game on Kickstarter right now uh, in partnership with Outland Entertainment. They've been so great to work with. And one of the best things about working with them is that uh, we've been able to upgrade the game uh, for Kickstarter backers. And so we've got some exclusive upgrades, which will really enhance um, sort of the, the feel of the gameplay and the, uh, the way players can immerse themselves in it. The first, and this has been the most popular award, is a metal coin with the runes scratched in both sides uh there are two runes that feature heavily in the game and uh, that acts as the first player token and believe me um i, I love board games i like um, you know quick play games i like fun party games i like deep strategy games uh, i go to a board game night every friday and our average uh, gameplay length is typically two and a half to three hours so i love all sorts of games and nothing gets you into a game more uh, than the art and high quality components so that metal coin will be a big boost on top of that we also have a neoprene playmat and since this is a card game anybody who's played a lot of cards whether it's magic the gathering or uh, whatever other sort of card game you've played it's really hard to play cards on a hard surface like to pick up the cards to flip them over to lay them down and this neoprene mat not only does it feature some of the awesome art from the game uh, but it also makes it easier for players to uh, lay things out it shows where the cards go uh, and where players are supposed to sit and uh, uh, once again it's just that next level of immersion in the gameplay Last but not least, of course, it's COVID time, and so we wanted to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, it's it's getting more and more difficult. Even just to sit across from somebody at a table uh, is is uh, is getting tricky these days. I know we're working together as a society. We're, we're trying to find a vaccine for this. But um, as a nod to that, we've uh, partnered with an Icelandic designer, designer from the UK. Her name is uh, Sigrun, and uh, Sigrun does all sorts of uh, design. She's a fashion designer. She has her own shop. She's designed a custom runic pattern for our uh, masks that we're offering at the top tier. And so top tier backers will get two of those masks, very high quality. Uh, and once again, we want people to play safe and have fun. I think the upgrade items are a stroke of genius, and it just shows how much thought you've put into every aspect of the game, which is hugely important for the player to how can listeners support the project and get involved? So right now we are on Kickstarter and there is only one week left as of today. So um, go to Kickstarter, search All Thingy, One Will Rise, uh, and you can take a look at the backing options. Uh, the base game is only $20 US. And so we really wanted to make this accessible. It's a card game. Uh, there's not a lot of sort of, there's no like 3D printed components. And so, um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's accessible to anybody who's into Vikings and board games. If you want to check out the upgraded components, those are all featured on the page as well. And uh, that'll be running until December. December 1st at 11 a.m. December 1st is your very last chance to get in uh, on this game and to get your own copy. And do you have a date in mind for the release? So once again, the Kickstarter wraps up December 1st. Uh, then we'll go to order the game. We'll get the components uh, lined up. We'll track down people's addresses uh, for all the backers who back the game. And we will be shipping games out. We're, we're giving ourselves a little bit of extra time just due to COVID delays. So it'll be June 2021 is when we're aiming to get the games out. Well, that's a day we can definitely look forward to next year. But tell me, Joshua, have you got any plans for the launch of All Thingy? I think you've definitely earned a wee celebration. You have worked so hard this year. <laughs> I, uh, I hope so. Um, uh, uh, pending a successful launch, yes, of course, we'll have a big celebration. And uh, I can tell you already, um, uh, besides this amazing podcast, which is one of my favorites <laughs> online, I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast right now. I love this podcast. Um, we are also <laughs> pairing up with um, uh, Saga Thing, which is another great uh, Viking podcast. I know Siobhan, you and I have talked about uh, how much we love that podcast as well. They're really excited about the game and the theme, and uh, they're going to be giving uh, away a free promotional copy as part of the uh, as part of the launch um, i'm sure that we'll have other plans too uh, my head right now is mostly just in the kickstarter because if you ever run a kickstarter it's a lot of work and uh, uh it's very exciting and um, kind of takes up all your time and energy for that for that 
period of time, uh, we'll definitely do um, uh, a fun launch event. Oh, crikey, Joshua, you are doing a phenomenal job with the Kickstarter. It's going so well. And um, John and Andy over at Saga Thing are great chaps, and I'm so excited that they're getting involved. Um, we love their podcast and recommend listeners, please go check it out. And I guess the next year isn't that far away at all. So Joshua, can you tell us about some of the upcoming projects you're working on and those that are due for release? Yes, I have a lot of energy. And so there's always something new on the go. I think you're the same <laughs> way, Siobhan. I know we've talked about this a few times. But um, yes, so two things. Uh, one is the sequel to my book, The Gatewatch, which is a troll hunting saga inspired by the Norse myths. I've been getting lots of messages since its release in May. Uh, all the messages have been saying, when is the second book coming out? So uh, the second book is finished. Uh, the art was actually featured. There was a cover reveal on Fanfy Addict on November 18th. So if you want to check out um, Fanfy Addict, they've got uh, a feature of the art there. And I'm hoping tentatively for release date in April 2021. So keep an eye out. If you go to crowsnestbooks.com and you go to the Gatewatch page, there is actually a sign-up for uh, notifications for the Everspring, the sequel. If you'd like to be notified the minutes that the release date has been set, uh, I encourage you to go check out the crowsnest.com uh, page, or sorry, crowsnestbooks.com page and, uh, and, and sign up to get notified. Absolutely. I'll put all of today's links in the show description so the listeners can easily find out where to go for the Kickstarter and updates on Joshua's next book. The other exciting thing that we have coming up, and uh, I'm, I'm going to hint at this because you're involved in this as well, Siobhan, is uh, the game All Thingy uh, features a bunch of Viking characters. And in talking with the publisher, um, one of the editors said, wouldn't it be fun to do a collection of short stories, uh, historical fiction based uh, on the game characters in that same time period? And I said, that would be really fun. Would we open up queries? And they said, why don't you go around and ask um, sort of uh, your, your your author friends who uh, you've kind of worked with, um, some of the uh, people you know, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be connected to so many talented authors within this Viking uh, history fan community and, uh, and make an anthology. So that was the original plan. And as plans developed, uh, uh, we decided it would be really cool to look at the intersection of not just Vikings at that time, but the inter interactions between Vikings and um, uh, the Islamic kingdoms. Because at that time, medieval Europe was sort of in the Dark Ages, you know, mainland Europe. And that's kind of how we learn history as, you know, those being the Dark Ages. But this was a golden age for the Vikings. I mean, they were exploring all different kinds of places. They were discovering new things. They were going um, further north than uh, uh, a lot of other people from mainland Europe had even thought possible. Um, and uh, at the same time, Islamic kingdoms were really flourishing. For example, the House of Wisdom in Baghdad was at its peak uh, around the same time. And there were interactions between Vikings and um, uh, Islamic travelers, um, sometimes conflicts, sometimes they're fighting together, uh, all sorts of different things. And so uh, we paired up with uh, Muhammad Ahmed, who... Uh, co-edited another anthology called A Mosque Among the Stars, which was a, a book of Islamic sci-fi. Very cool book. Uh, and he agreed to hop on board. I, I asked him, do you like Vikings? And he says, everybody likes Vikings. Yeah, that sounds great. So <laughs> we've got this really cool anthology project coming out. And I'll have more details on that in the spring. Yeah, so the anthology. Um, well, this has been one of the most exciting writing projects that I have worked on for a while. Um I've been trying so hard not to give anything away um, and to keep it a big secret, but I can say that, you know, you've, um, you've given me the chance to try something slightly different that I'd been wanting to do for a really long time. And um, the for me, the theme, you know, lends itself really well to the style of writing. And it's just been such an honour to work in this project with you. And it's always a, a huge amount of fun um, whenever, we're, you know, we're working on something. So 
Yeah, uh, the anthology is going to be just amazing. What a phenomenal group of, of writers. Yeah, well done, I have to say, well done. And my thanks, Joshua, for joining me today. But before we go, how might listeners get in touch, find the Kickstarter, and of course, where might they buy a copy of The Gatewatch? Siobhan, the pleasure has been all mine. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. Uh, I, I love coming to chat with you. And um, yes, if listeners would like to get in touch with me, I am very active on Twitter. And so I'm at Josh M. Gillingham, and I post lots about all the things I'm doing there. Uh, I have a website, joshuagillingham.ca, and you can find out a bit more about me and my books and my games uh, there. The game is on the Outland Entertainment website. So if you want to check out um, our thingy, um, you can get a sneak peek of sort of the uh, the game itself on the Outland Entertainment website. Even better, go to Kickstarter and check out the Kickstarter our thingy One Will Rise. That'll be up on Kickstarter until December 1st. Um, last but not least, uh, my book, The Gatewatch, as well as the upcoming sequel, The Everspring, is on Crow's Nest Books. Dot com. That is a Canadian publisher from Toronto. Super proud to be able to work with them and very excited about the release. If you guys hold on for just a moment or two, we have an excerpt from a fantastic saga for you, Grettir's Saga. Grettir's Saga is a wonderful tale of outlawry, feuding, the slaying of creatures of this realm and the next, and revenge. If you haven't already read this saga, we wholeheartedly recommend you give it a try. And the chaps over at Saga Thing have an excellent series of episodes detailing the adventures of Grettir the Outlaw. A great translation is available by Jesse Bayok, as well as the Icelandic Saga database, which was the source of today's adaption. There are some great descriptions of the Althing throughout the saga. We have chosen a section at the beginning of Grettir's story for reasons that will soon become clear. But for now, thank you again, Joshua. Thanks so much, Siobhan. Have a great day. Talk to you again soon. Grettir's Saga Chapter 16 Of the Slaying of Skeggy Now Thorkel Krafla, the Scratcher, began to grow very old. As a chieftain, he had the rule of Vatnstal, was a great man. He was a close friend of Asmund the Grey-Haired, on account of their kinship. Thorkel rode to Bjarg every year to see his kin, and he did so in the spring following these matters just told. Asmund and Asdis welcomed him most heartily. He stayed there for three nights, and many things did the kinsmen speak of between them. Thorkel asked Asmund about the nature of his sons, as to what kind of craft they would be likely to take to. Asmund said he thought Adli would make a great man at farming, foreseeing and money-making. Thorkel answered, A useful man like yourself. But what do you say of Grettir? Asmund said, Of him I say that he will be a strong man but an uncontrollable one. With me he has been difficult and shown a wrathful temperament. Thorkel answered, That does not bode well, my kinsman. Then he said, But how shall we settle about our riding to the Althing next summer? Asmund answered, I am going heavy for wayfaring, and would rather stay at home. And would you like it if Atli went in your stead? said Thorkel. 
I do not see how I could spare him, said Asmund. The cause of the farm work and the ingathering of the household stores. But Gretir will not work. And yet he is so clever. So much so that I deem he will know how to carry out my legal responsibilities for me. Well, that is your decision to make, said Thorkel, and prepared for the journey home, and Asmund saw him off with many fine gifts. Some time after this, Thorkel left for the Althing. He rode with sixty men, all of whom were members of his chieftaincy, and when he came to Bjarg, Grettir rode with him. They rode south over the heath that is called Two Days' Ride, but on this mountain the grounds were poor. Therefore they rode fast across it, down to the settled lands, and when they came down to Fleet Tongue, they thought it was time to sleep. So they took the bridles off their horses and let them graze with the saddles on. They lay sleeping till far on in the day, and when they awoke, the men went about looking for their horses, but they had each gone on their own way, and some of them had been rolling on the ground. Grettir was the last to find his horse. Now it was the custom in those days that men should carry their own provisions when they rode to the Althing, and most bore meal bags tied to their saddles. The saddle of Grettir's horse had slipped under its belly, and the meal bag was gone, and no matter where he looked for it, it was not to be found. At that moment, Grettir caught sight of a man running. Grettir asked who he was, and the man answered that his name was Skeggy, and that he was a housecarl from the ridge in Vadensdal. I am one of Thorkel's men, he said, but carelessly I've lost my meal bag. Grettir said, Odd haps are the worst haps, for I also have lost the meal sack which I owned. Let us both search together. Skeggy liked this idea well, and for a while they searched together. But all of a sudden Skeggy dashed off and picked up a bag from the ground. Grettir saw him stoop and asked what he had there. My meal sack, said Skeggy. Who says so? said Grettir. Let me see it, for many a thing is not what it seems. Skeggy said that no man should take from him what was his own, but Grettir caught hold of the bag and the two men tugged it between them, both trying hard to get the best of it. It is to be wondered at, said the housecarl, that because you Vattensdown men think that other men are not as wealthy as you, that they should not defend their property. Grettir said that it had nothing to do with the worth of men. And Skeggy answered, If Odin were closer, he would wring your neck as he did at the ball game. Good, said Grettir. But however this goes, you won't be the one to throttle my neck. Then Skeggy got hold of his axe and cleaved at Grettir. When Grettir saw that, he caught the axe handle with the left hand bladeward of Skeggy's hand, so hard that straight away was the axe yanked from his hold. Then Grettir drove that same axe into Skeggy's head so that it sunk into the brain, and the housecarl fell dead to the earth. 
Then Grettir seized the meal bag and threw it across his saddle and rode after his companions. Now Thorkel rode ahead of them all, for he had no misgivings of such things befalling. But men missed Skeggy from the company, and when Grettir caught up, they asked him what he knew of Skeggy, and this he sang. A rock troll her weight did throw at Skeggy's throat a while ago. Over the battle Ogris ran, the red blood of the serving man. Her deadly iron mouth did gape, above him, till clean out of shape. She tore his head and let out his life, and I certainly saw their strife. Then Thorkel's men quickly reacted to these words, and said that surely trolls had not taken the man in broad daylight. Thorkel grew silent, thinking. He finally said, The matter is likely to be quite other than this, and I think that Grettir has in all likelihood killed him. So tell me then, what happened? Then Grettir told, all a full account of his and Skeggy's dealings, Thorkel said. This has come to pass most unluckily, for Skeggy was a follower of mine, and was a man of good kin. But I shall deal with the matter. I shall pay the compensation upon judgment. But as to the question of outlawry, that I cannot settle. Now you must choose, Grettir, whether you wish to go to the All-Thing, and risk the turn of matters, or go back home. Grettir chose to go to the All-Thing. The case was prosecuted by the heirs of the slain man. Thorkel supported Grettir, and paid up all the fines. But Grettir could not escape outlawry, and had to keep abroad for three winters. When the chiefs rode from the All-Thing, they gathered under Sledge Hill, before going their separate ways. It was then that Grettir lifted a stone, which now lies there in the grass, and is called Grettir's Heave. Many men went to see the stone, and found it a great wonder that so young a man could lift such a huge rock. Grettir rode home to Bjarg, and told the tale of his journey to his father. Asmund said little, except that Grettir would turn out an unruly man. Thank you so much for joining us today. My thanks to each and every one of you, and of course, to the Patreon family. Without your support, none of this could be possible. But for now, take care. I'm Siobhan Clark, and you've been listening to the Myth, Legend, and Lore podcast. <laughs>